RPC Radio. Radio. Hello, you're listening to Insurance Covered. Welcome to the podcast that covers anything and everything to do with insurance. Coming up in this episode. I've always been one of those people who believe in adding value. Wherever I go, I want people to make money for me. Wherever I go, I wanted to uh, do people favor and nobody should ever come out of knowing me and losing their money. My name is Peter Mansfield. I'm a partner in the law firm RPC and in each episode I'm joined by a guest and we discuss an aspect of the wonderful world of insurance. And this week we have Jantana Kanprakamroy and we're going to discuss the insurance of the gig economy. Jantana is the CEO of an insurtech, Tapoli, but her background is in finance. She has worked at JP Morgan, BNB Paribas, Deutsche Bank and UBS, mostly as an accountant in internal audit. Now, Whilst this may not look like an obvious route into insurance, in 2016, Jantana set up Tapoli, the award-winning insurtech. Tapoli provides commercial insurance for small businesses, sole traders, freelancers and the self-employed, and it specialises in insurance for what is known as the gig economy, which is what we're going to discuss today. So Jantana, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Um, as I mentioned in the, the introduction, your, your, your route into insurance is, um, is, is not an obvious one. So kind of please tell us your, your story, really, um, that how that happened and, and, and how you've ended up as a CEO of an insurtech. I started off, you know, like Tapley in 2016 when I came across um, a market gap or product gap, to be precise, where I was trying to find insurance that would cover my Airbnb letting on a short term basis. And. At the time, nobody offered the um, insurance for Airbnb. Um, so therefore, we set up Tapley to serve you know, the whole of um, sharing economy. And of course, our focus then you know, like become more of a, a platform for gig workers, which is you know, like freelancers, temporary workers, anybody that work on a contract basis or part-time basis. Wow. Okay. So, so it, it started simply by you were looking for an insurance policy for Airbnb for something that you wanted. You couldn't find it, so you, you created it from scratch. That's that's an extreme response to not finding insurance policy that you wanted. Anyway, we're here to discuss the uh, insurance of what's known as the gig economy. Um, so. Before we talk about the insurance side of it, let's talk about the the gig economy side of it. And and how would you define the gig economy? Gig workers are those that are work on a temporary and contract basis. So it's not a standardized, it's not a standard nine to five, you know, working in an office through a company. And, and uh, on a personal level, it, it's slightly embarrassing um, for, for me to admit this, but until I was preparing for this, I had no idea why it was called the, the gig economy. It's just one of those phrases that I've always heard and just never really worked out why. And yeah, of course, it's musicians kind of, you know, going going to gigs and, uh, you know, short term, either one off or short term contracts. So, yeah, pretty obvious when you think about it, but I had just never thought about it. Um, so what sort of professions are we particularly talking about um, that fall within this, this catch all term, the gig economy? Uh, within, you know, um, gig workers cut across 
a, a, a broad uh, range of industry. But to classify them, we can put them into three categories, the white color, blue, and then the zero or no color. So the white color is office workers, uh, blue color is labor worker, and no color is artist and other that doesn't fall neatly into the, the other two categories. So, uh, so, so you mentioned artists there, but what's an example of, of, a, of a white collar? White collars could be um, a, anyone in the uh, consultancy space, IT consultants, yeah. And, and the blue collar, well, that'd be like a, a, a plumber who wants to do something for, for, for a day or two a week, something like that. Exactly, yes. And, and how large is, is, is the gig economy? Well, based on the latest stats uh, published by Forbes, um, we've got about 1.1 billion gig workers around the world. And last year in the US alone, there was or actually um, 2 million new gig workers emerging in the US in 2020. So just you know, to give you a, a rough estimate how quickly this market is growing and, and expanding and um, this market is expected to be worth about just under 500 billion in 2022. Wow. Okay. So, so that, that first figure you mentioned for the, the global, was that 1.1 billion? Billion. 1 billion. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It makes sense. If you look at, you know, like the number of, of percentages of gig workers in the US is way over 30%. But in any other emerging countries, gig workers, is going to be more than that. You know, like a lot of countries in uh, South America, for example, you know, the rate of gig workers is nearly 40, 50% already. Wow. So it makes sense like, for us to have that 1.1 billion. So, so, so when we're talking about the gig economy, we're really talking about the economy. <laughs> yeah, it's massive economy. Yeah, and, and you've already mentioned kind of in your introductions to how you got into uh, insurance, you talked about the, the sharing economy. And, um, and actually, I, I just for a moment, just to get our terminology right, I just want to kind of contrast the gig economy with the, the sharing economy because uh, we had a, an episode two years ago uh, with uh, with Chris Moore, which was all about the, the sharing economy. And, and he he uh, contrasted the sharing economy with the gig economy in a way which I, which I thought, as, as a novice in these things, was really helpful. Because um, he talked about uh, the, the sharing economy being uh, an economy based around the, the sharing of things. So Airbnb, which is what you mentioned, um, e-scooters and, and such like. And he contrasted that with the gig economy, which is an economy which is about people. Um, so is, is that a distinction that, that, that you're happy with? Um, absolutely. You know, like I think Chris is spot on. Uh, and in the insurance definitions, um, you know, like is we providing insurance to either services or tangible assets. So is that like services that a person provide or is that tangible assets like car contents or uh, properties? Yeah, exactly. So, so the, the, the sharing economy is around things. The gig economy is around services. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. No, that, that that's really helpful. Thank you. And um, obviously, the, the gig economy has its has its critics. We're not here to discuss any of that. We're just here to discuss kind of the, the insurance of the gig economy. So, kind of what in insurance terms, what are the problems that gig workers 
kind of particularly experienced when purchasing insurance? So uh, depending on the country that you are, uh, in some country where the, you know, healthcare is not part of your social security, uh, like in the US, for example, gig workers may find it harder to find affordable healthcare insurance. And similarly for the type of job or the way gig workers carried out their work. Most gig workers would work on a contract basis. It would be on a, you know, temporary short terms and traditional insurance policy doesn't really cover that short terms um, on a short term basis. So there's certainly a need for flexible and bespoke insurance policy to cover specific needs of gig workers. And now that, you know, gig workers activity become much, much more complex. And suddenly, you know, um, there is a bit of a blur in terms of the, uh, the profession or the definition of each profession, which gig worker doesn't really uh, fit neatly into any of the boxes. And then the other um, aspect is remote working. So as we have more people working remotely, um, a lot of our traditional kind of, you know, like office content or home content doesn't cover some of these assets that we use for our work while we are working from home. Suddenly it's become more uh, problematic to try to work out where the risks are. Exactly. So, so for gig workers, there, there might be a lack of availability of insurance, such as health. Yeah. And there's a lack of flexibility of insurance because yeah. it yeah. just doesn't fit them. And then presumably there's also a, you know, a, a difficulty when they're actually buying insurance because a lot of gig workers won't necessarily know what their income is going to be over the course of a year. They, they won't know kind of how much they're going to be working. They, they, so, so, so the normal questions that insurers ask, they can't answer. Yeah, it's, um, there's a lot of uncertainty around the risk. You know, when you're freelancers, because you don't know when your next project will be, you don't know what you're going to be doing and where you're going to be doing your job. So what's Tapley's approach to, to resolving those problems of, of availability and flexibility? I think our main USP or the problem that we solve is from, from two angles. One is the uh, product gap, you know, solving the, the product by creating new product. And the other part is the technology gaps for insurance company. Uh, so we're trying to uh, streamline the whole end-to-end -end process, make it easier, cheaper, and more affordable for customer to buy insurance. That's you know, the benefit that we give the customer. And from the insurance perspective, we're basically allowing them to tap into our platform. Um, and this would hopefully increase the number of players who would like to offer insurance in this market that may not be able to because of the operational efficiency constraint or the tech constraint. So talk me through the process. Uh, let's say that I'm a, a freelance writer yeah. um, and I want insurance. Uh, let's say I want professional indemnity insurance. Uh, what's the process? Um, when I come to Tapley, do I kind of speak to a human being or, or do I do it online or yeah, how does it work? Um, we basically uh, cover um, customer on an omni-channel basis. So you can either go on our website and then, you know, like um, go to our quote and mine and then um, buy it from there. And it should take you no more than 60 seconds to complete the whole process. However, you know, we don't actually insure every single profession, although we have a uh, profession listed. Some profession, we've got the whole market. 
like some profession is harder for us to ensure, um, you know, online. So we will have the manual process as well, where if the risk doesn't, uh, you know, fit in neatly with our binder or the uh, underwriting authority that we have, then it would just be referred to us. And then from there, you know, it will go through our manual process via email. Um, and then we will have phone as well. So customer can chat to us on our website. There is a chat feature there that you can use to contact us or email, phone. Pretty much, you know, like any type of communication that traditional or non-traditional business offering for their customer, we've, you know, we've got that covered. Brilliant. Okay. So, so you're an MGA, that's right. Yeah. So you have, have insurers behind you. Yes, exactly. So, you know, a lot of people come to us and they will say, you know, like, what is your credit ratings? Uh, um, would we need to be concerned about, you know, like whether your policy would exist in 12 months time? I would say it, it has no bearing to Tapley because uh, we have backing of a large insurance company. So the policy would always be ongoing. And going back to my example of a freelance writer, let's say I'm just going to do it for six months whilst I'm filling in between two jobs. So is that, I mean, because most insurance policies are tend to be on an annual basis, but do, do Tapley provide policies that are on demand or shorter than the, shorter than the year? How does that work? Um, the answer is that before COVID, we were able to offer you insurance by the hour. Literally, if you wanted to do, you know, a gig worker for a couple of hours, you can just go and get that through, you know, marketplace. That's our specialties. We love embedded insurance policies through some of our gig workers platforms or partners um, but today I think during COVID um, we have come across a slightly um, obstacle with a lot of our insurance provider no longer wanted to offer on-demand insurance policy because of the you know like economically is very difficult to break even with offering short-term policies so uh, we ended up, you know, like compromise some of our um, policy features. So effectively, you know, you buy an insurance policy, you commit, but you can cancel at any point in time. So that means, you know, like you can come in and after six months, you can then cancel your policy. So what, what sort of products do you sell? Typically, we've got kind of, you know, a broad range of product within the commercial in the line of business, but permanently the professional indemnity, public liability, employer liability, cyber insurance, um, business disruptions. We've got some office contents. Uh, we've even started selling health insurance. So, I mean, presumably before Tapley came along, these were policies that weren't really available for, for, for gig workers. I guess that's partly because people hadn't thought of it, insurers hadn't thought of it, but also partly, I suspect, because insurers wouldn't be able to make money from it. So, 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 so how are you managing to sell it in a way that's profitable, in a way that presumably wasn't possible beforehand? We basically use technology to enable um, our distribution channel with, you know, like end-to-end -end automation process this means that it would allow us to reduce some of our operating costs and we sell it through a dedicated partners. So for example, key workers that have, you know, like thousands and thousands of uh, workers, we will work very closely with our partner to offer insurance specific to that group. Um, and that's how we are able to underwrite risks slightly better than traditional way of doing, but still be able to offer the level of bespoke service that individual platform needs. 
Yeah, exactly. Because I, I think I was talking to someone in the summer um, about this and they were saying that, yeah, that's the problem. It's the bespoke nature of it, which is actually the problem. It's because each gig worker has a different set of needs. Um, therefore, it's hard for traditional insurers to scale up sufficiently to make it attractive to them. Yeah, it just, you know, like micro insurances, not specifically for gig workers, are extremely difficult to sell because of the cost factor. You know, to create a policy or to create a binder to be able to offer a certain type of product would take several months. Um, and then, you know, you have to build take a part of that. And then you have to take into account the customer acquisition costs and operating costs. By the end of it, you know, like you have the cost versus profit ratio will be, um, you know, it, it's not something that traditional player that would serve in, uh, in customer in a traditional way would be able to make profit from it. And that's why, you know, InsurTech um, play a big part of serving the gig economy because of that. No, I was just going to say that. It, it, it's, it, it, it's the classic example of an MGA being nimble, cost-effective, highly automated and using technology um, in, in a way which larger insurers struggle to do. So, yeah, it's a beautiful example of, of why MGAs and insurtechs are, are, are so successful at the moment. I think certainly if I'm going to bet on a value proposition, I would bet on a, a licensed digital MGA platform as the winner in this market. Exactly, exactly. Um, and... I'm interested in, in sort of your journey as an insure tech. What would you say was, was the biggest challenge, the biggest problem that you faced in your, um, how many years now, six or seven years? Yeah, six years. Yeah. Six years. So, so what's, been, what's been your your biggest challenge that you've had to face? Wow. Um, to be honest, you know, like we, I just felt like we've been in this industry for two decades or so. That's how I feel. But uh, although we've been here for six and I think in the last six, we have had numerous challenges. Um, we've survived Brexit. We've survived COVID. We've survived hard market, which is like one of the hardest things for um, startup to survive in. And then now we survived the war. Uh, Ukraine war. So I don't think, you know, like any other startup that um, started during any other period will have to face so many challenges as we have to face in such a short period of time. And yet we are here standing. Um, and just to give you an example, I mean, the biggest challenge, of course, is fundraising, like anything. Um, there was a stat published by, I think, uh, Insurance Magazine that before COVID, one in two new startups die. But during COVID, it was two in two. So it's like 100% of the population. And you can imagine with that rate, no wonder no VC would touch startups because the, the, uh, the, the death rate for our startup is high, uh, is one of the worst industry to be in apparently fintech and insurtech so certainly um you know and we are here telling people our story which is a, a big achievement from my part and you, you you're clearly doing a lot very right because you know tapley was shortlisted for mga initiative of the year at the insurance time awards last year 
Um, and, and you personally were named Insurance Woman of the Year and the Women in Finance Award, so 2021. So huge congratulations for that. Um, we talked about the, your biggest challenge, but what, what would you say was, was the biggest lesson that you've learned so far in the last six years? I learned that my value does help. I didn't know, you know, like what good business value proposition looked like. And it's so simple when you think about it. And, you know, like I've always been one of those people who believe in adding value. Wherever I go, I want people to make money from me. Wherever I go, I wanted to uh, do people favor and nobody should ever come out of knowing me and losing their money. And that's how, you know, I, that's how I've been, you know, a giver basically of the family. Um, and this really helps me because effectively, Tapley is built on my core value, which is to be of service and to add value. And we are serving one of the most needed and underserved market, which is the gig economy. So I think I always have very clear vision about what we wanted to do. But when we first started, it was unclear of how we want to do it because we have to basically pivot a little bit. Um, when we first started, we thought we're just going to focus on distribution, which has become, you know, like a, a pure MGA selling insurance. But then during COVID, we realized, you know, like we have difficulties here. Finding capacity during hard market and COVID is impossible. So we have to kind of, you know, focus on our strength, which is the technology side. So once today, you know, our technology are very advanced because we have so much time to perfect it. And we understand um, the customer inside out now that we are six years ahead of many insurtech that have just started. So certainly, you know, when we first started, we were one of the first on-demand insurance platform and the only one in the UK for the gig workers when we first started. And if you look at, you know, like who is still here, there's not that many startups, you know, that are six years old because most startups, they either fell during the last five, six years, whereas we're still here standing and we are getting stronger. You've talked about also providing uh, client service um, and, and you mentioned that earlier on. And one thing that really struck me um, when I was looking at your website was the fact that Tapley goes beyond just giving advice on, you know, you can buy this policy and kind of fill in this form and you go much further than that. Because, um, for example, I looked at your blog, the Tapley blog, and uh, the, the very first one that I came across was aimed at photographers, and it, it included a, a guide to starting a photography business, which, bear in mind, that is vaguely something that I have thought of over the years. I thought, this is brilliant. I mean, the, for, for, for an insurer to kind of actually have put this guide together and, and you know, give really good practical advice on how to set up a, a photography business and including things like photo consent forms and and model release forms and whatever i mean i appreciate the, these are slightly risk management things but they, they have nothing directly to do with insurance so why do you go that extra step for your clients when we create you know strategy around our contents we look at the interests of our customers so it's not specifically to the insurance. So we don't really just create contents about insurance, but we create contents about anything else that uh, gig workers may be interested in. And it's based on our, you know, like kind of profession that we want to target. We would write article that um, their interest. Brilliant. No, I, I, I think that's wonderful. So, you know, for anyone out there who is kind of a gig worker or whatever, I, I highly recommend you go to the website, if only for the blog. Um, because there's loads of interesting stuff on there. Um, 
so you say you've come through tough times um, and you're still standing. Yeah. What do you see for the future? Um, what does the future hold for Tapley? Um, I think the immediate future for us is um, to complete our fundraising round, which we've got, you know, great commitment from our current investors. Um, we've got 60% committed um, based on 2 million that we are raising. And that, that money will be uh, helping us to build the next generations of Tapley, which is going to be, uh, you know, kind of a no code platform of, from front to end, as well as um, the AI and machine learning that we have already built. And we're going to be enhanced and further developing this part of the technology. And um, geographically, kind of, you're obviously based in, in the UK, but what other countries do you sell in? For Intron product, we only focus on the UK at the moment. And um, for technology, uh, we've got customer outside the UK. You know, we have uh, some uh, of our clients in Australia, in Asia, US, and also some in Europe. So, yes. And so I'm, I'm being dim here, Gentile. So the, 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 the technology is you effectively sell the technology so that what so that they they use the technology to create their own products in their own countries exactly they can use our entire intern platform to offer insurance through various distribution channel so they can do health uh, channel they can do wholesale channel or they can do embedded insurance through specific partners finally jantana um what what bit of advice? I mean, you've been now heavily involved in insurance for for six, six years or so. Um, but but so what, what bit of advice would you give to anyone who's thinking of starting the journey that you have been on? Anyone who's thinking of starting up an insurtech? Um, make sure that they raise enough money because we don't know how long this hard market would last. It's extremely difficult for new entrants to start their business in insurance today because you know we've had both um, issue with the capacity from insurance side and the capital from the investment side because there's less investors investing in insure tech today so if you starting now it's harder whereas when we first started we didn't have capacity constraint we didn't have issue with capital to be honest. And if I can redo this, I would have raised more money up front. Thank you, Gentana. That was absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much for your time. RPC Radio. Radio. Thank you so much for listening to Insurance Covered, which is an RPC production made possible by Joe Burgess and Mary Mitchell. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will also love our other podcasts, Taxing Matters and Money Covered, plus The Fix, which is co-hosted by my colleague Kelly Thompson. If you want to be a guest on Insurance Covered, please email me at peter.mansfield at rpc.co.uk. Thank you, and I hope you have a great day.